You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's the deal. The week is rough. (laughs) It's crazy the difference, you know, even just as a fan or an analyst or a podcast or whatever. When the 49ers lose a game, the week's different. It's just different. And when they win a game, man, it's just, it's so smooth. It's like there's no Monday (laughs) whenever your team wins. But here we are. And the goal of this episode, if you're watching, you can see the title. We are going to cover offensive issues in depth. Usually we go through and, you know, we're going to talk pro football focus, who did the best, who did the worst. We're going to cover all of that, but in much more detail and focusing on scheme, um and focusing kind of on the bigger picture because there's a lot of issues now obviously you could sit there and you could say well we don't have this player there's this many injuries all those things and we're going to cover injuries and they need to be talked about because it's part of the equation however this is the nfl and you got to (laughs) play you got to play with what you got uh, unless you're the titans which is a whole nother thing i don't want to get in too much 
But we've got, we're going to hear from so many people, uh, probably too many people. I probably have too many clips this week, but that's okay. We're going to go through it. We're going to talk injuries. Um, we're going to share an amazing story about what it means to be faithful. And then we're going to go through scheme, play action, why all these things aren't working, what the quarterback situation looks like, because this, you can't even, this is probably the craziest week for 49ers quarterback play ever, because th there's three different guys that could start. We have no clue. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan even said as much, and we'll share that with you, but it's crazy. So first off, let's, let's jump out. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Thank you to the Countdown crew. I see the posting. I freaking love it. Uh, love the energy already today. It, it, it's going to be a fun one. So questions, as always, we'll get to. But let's start off with Jimmy Garoppolo because I think that's where we have to start. And so here's your head coach. This is today, Wednesday, about Jimmy Garoppolo. Change in terms of your optimism for him on Sunday? Um, well, the fact he's coming out today and getting a little more reps, it has. So um, I haven't seen him yet. I mean, did a good job in walkthrough and um we'll see how he goes but we're going to throw him in there today and um, that'll give me more of an opinion at least i think that's key he's out there finally <laughs> he's finally out there now does this mean that we're out of the woods and jimmy g's 100 back no it does not also hopefully you notice the volume difference uh had a lot of people reach out and just talk about the volume difference the discrepancy whenever we use the press conference clips which everybody loves uh, i found a new program ran all the clips through an optimizer and all this kind of stuff it's extra steps but i think it's going to be better so let me know give me your feedback is the audio better uh, i want us to be on the same level instead of just jumping up and down and as always with this podcast if there's something you don't like please reach out to me uh dm me at jl underscore chapman on twitter or 49ers rush podcast podcast at gmail.com any way you want to talk to me this year podcast every single innovation or new thing we've done has been because you guys whatever you want we're going to cover so with jimmy garoppolo you know if you go back to last week kyle shanahan was on record saying multiple times we just got to get jimmy in one practice to make sure he can protect himself the fact that he's already out there on a wednesday and not a thursday or a friday great news yes it's limited but he went through the walkthrough. You've seen him back-to-back -back weeks standing on the sidelines. Um, and so I think it is time. I think we are going to have Jimmy Garoppolo. But what happens, you know, whether Jimmy can't go this week or gets injured. Jimmy has been injured a few times. Lower leg injuries for sure. Who's the backup now? <laughs> is it is it Mullins who came off one of the worst performances ever in the history of the NFL at the quarterback position? It was really, really bad. Um, or is it C.J. Beathard, who has struggled, but, you know, was a third-round pick. And, man, whenever he came in in that fourth quarter and tried to salvage that game, he looked great. He didn't look good. He looked great. Um, so Kyle Shanahan was asked, man, who's the backup, and what's that look like? Um, yes, I have. Um, but I'm going to hold that just because there is a difference between them. And if Jimmy can't go, um, I'd like uh, Miami to find that out on Sunday. Um, but I've decided that um, we'll get both of them reps because both of them do have to be ready in case Jimmy doesn't go. Um, but if not, you guys will find that out, answer on which one's not dressed. <laughs> and, I mean, the chess game continues. You got to plan for every contingency, which obviously the 49ers are going to do, but you don't want to give your opponent any statistical edge, and you don't have to. Um, so now let's look at this from our side, their side, right? Okay. Uh, the 49ers, we have to split all of our reps now for three quarterbacks. That's not good. Not good. 
Uh, you know, Mullins has gotten back-to-back weeks with the number ones, so he should be relatively up to par. Jimmy Garoppolo has, you know, started, what, 20-some-odd games in a row uh, before his injury, so that was good. Uh, he's probably pretty good. And then now you got CJ, who hasn't gotten any work with the ones. So you got to fix that in there, too. Um, we'll have to see what that looks like, but imagine if you're Miami Dolphins. One, that sucks. <laughs> Two, uh, nobody wants to be a Dolphins fan, even though I do think they're turning the ship around the correct way. Uh, I think they are going to be pretty good eventually. I love their coaching staff, but if you're the Dolphins defense, what are you playing for? Do you plan for, you know, Nick Mullins, who hangs in the pocket for a long time, off scripted, not a very powerful arm whatsoever? Or do you plan for Jimmy Garoppolo, who has the quickest release or one of the quickest releases in the NFL? Um, and they like different things. Uh, they target different wide receivers, all those different things, and tight ends. Or CJ, who you don't really have film on, running a base offense for two years. So the work's cut out on both teams. We'll have to see how that measures out. Personally, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's back this week. And thank God. We need Jimmy Garoppolo. We need Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no doubt about it. And as all these players are coming back, you know, we're going to talk about Debo, uh, Kittle's back, Ayuk's looking good. Um, we've been, you know, we're only four games in the season, and we've had multiple <laughs> absences from just those guys. So I think that's huge. Now, I want to jump over to the defense real quick because, you know, I prioritized all of these injuries based on impact on the team. And I think the next most important injury is freaking Kwan Williams. The nickel, the stud, man. He has been the glue of this defense, and we're going to be missing him uh, for a while. He's heading over to IR, and so this is a huge, huge injury. And here's Kyle Shanahan talking about his nickel corner. Um, well, I mean, I'm concerned. I mean, Kwan's been battling um, through his hip. Then he got the knee. I can't tell you how much respect I have for K1. The fact that he's been out there every week for us, the fact when he was getting hurt throughout that game, he kept trying to come in because he knew how down we were. Um, Jamar Taylor getting here on Friday, um, just trying to learn on the fly. Him going in in that game, his first play in was when K1 went out, and um, we have a blitz called Shark, which is named after K1 because he is a shark. Um, but then um, Jamar came in and got the Shark blitz, and he got the sack. So it was a hell of a job by him being ready. Um, but I've been, I've, I've earned a lot of respect for all our guys here these last two weeks playing. I mean, Kwan, what he went through, just battling through it. He did as much as he could, and we we got to shut him down now, give him a chance to recover. Dante Johnson, what he did in that game. I mean, he um, he hurt his groin during the game, um, but we didn't have enough guys up. Um, so, I mean, he came back in the game just trying to battle through it, and I know that was tough for him towards the end, especially giving up that go route and everything. Um, but the guys out there, I mean, they're just – they're grinding. Um, we got Webster off – stole him off Miami's practice squad two weeks ago, and he got to play a lot in the game. Um, so, we'll see how it goes this week. Hopefully, we'll get a guy back. Um, but, you know, I've been um, – all those guys have earned my respect a lot. It, and it, it's it's a bad position to be in. Um, we've lost so many guys and outside isn't really getting the help that they need either because Emmanuel Mosley still in concussion. Um, you know, he, he's still not practicing. He's not even partially practicing yet, which is problematic. It's huge because you don't have Mosley. Akello's still banged up. Uh, there's just so many issues. So now you're going to have Jamar Taylor starting. Okay. Um, wasn't on the team two weeks ago. Gets brought into the practice squad, signed to the team. Now he's a starter. Um, now you can flex some stuff around, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, but Ken Webster 
he's outside. So let's just say number 27, he's injured with the groin. Um, I don't want anybody to get hurt. It's <laughs> Nobody is shocked by, uh, I can't stand number 27 on the field. I think that he's a great human being. And people have reached out to me talking about why am I so negative and all those things, which I think is rather comical. I don't consider myself a negative person. Everybody makes fun of me because I'm so positive all the damn time. But, hey, these are professional athletes. Um, you can. I'm rooting for them. I want them to do well. But just because I want him to do well doesn't mean I'm not going to be honest about his play. But anyway, number 27 is injured too. What if he can't go? So now we're talking about Ken Webster being a starter at the cornerback position and <laughs> Jamar Taylor starting. That's, it, that's insane. It doesn't even make sense. Um, there's just so many problems at the cornerback position. And, you know, the goal is, here's the deal. Richard Sherman's off IR now. His three weeks are done. Now, is he going to be able to play this week? Here's what the head coach had to say. Uh, yes, you know, he was hoping he can get back in practice this week. Um, just looking at him yesterday and stuff. Um, we're going to hold him a little bit longer. Um, I'm hoping he continues to improve, and I'm hoping he'll be ready for next week. Uh, I'd be surprised if he got in later in this week. All right, thanks. So there you go. Not even Sherman's back. Here's how bad it was. We're recording this Wednesday, depending on when you're listening. They're they're doing an afternoon practice today, so uh, they could get done any moment. But they only had three corners at practice today. Three corners practice fully today. Jason Verrett, Jamar Taylor, and Ken Webster. None of those <laughs> are starting level players. Verrett working his way into that, and you know he's got to be kind of the rock. But good gosh, there are some issues, some major issues. And so then you move on to, all right, we got to move Jimmy Ward down to nickel. We have safety depth. We have four safeties that can play. Let's move Jimmy Ward down to nickel. It's not ideal, but let's do it, right? Well, guess what? Jimmy Ward's not practicing today either. He hurt his wrist. Now, the wrist injury we knew about Sunday, uh, they thought that he could go through with it and be just fine. Well, guess what? It was even worse shape today than it was the Monday after the game. So now <laughs> your nickel's out. Your top four corners, well, three, um, it'd be your top two corners, then Jason Ferret, then Akello, they're out, and Dante Johnson. So four out of five outside corners are out. This is just turning into, gosh, who's got a pulse? Let's put them out there. Um, it's bad. That's just all there is to it. Um, and the fact that you're playing Miami Dolphins, who are not a great football team, but you do have to look at who they have at quarterback, probably one of the smartest people ever to play the quarterback position in the NFL history, and Fitzpatrick, you can make fun of him because he's Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde. He's either the best player on the damn field or the worst. Um, you know, I, I call him a Russell Westbrook player because when he's on, it's over, and they're going to win the game. But the problem is consistency's never there, and he's going to be awful sometimes. I don't want to jump forward too much. We'll do a whole podcast uh, Friday or Saturday just on the scouting report. But you don't like that matchup, man. <laughs> you don't like it because who are these guys that are getting snaps? Jamar Taylor, Ken Webster. You know, we're going to have to dive into them a little bit more. There's no doubt about that. But that's the edge edge position. Now, there are a couple other things. I'm jumping forward here a little bit. Akello was limited today, okay? So it looks like he is on track to probably play. And again, if he's healthy, he's starting. That's all there is to it. Um, also, Tim Harris is finally off of IR which he would have been starting over Dante Johnson, I believe, personally. Um, well, maybe not. With the, Once his groin happened, for sure. 
But Dante or Tim Je Tim Harris, excuse me, he is now back on practice squad, and they're trying to see if he's healthy enough to elevate. Um, you know, seventh round rookie from Virginia, a prototypical corner, size, speed, all that kind of stuff. We just don't have any film on him. He got hurt in the preseason. We don't have anything on him. But he's a body, and hopefully he's back. It can prove that he's healthy. Uh, no doubt he would be called up if Akello can't go, if he's healthy. That's a huge question mark. You know, he's had three weeks off uh, with the knee. Might not be in shape. I don't know. Now, let's look at another injury after we talked about the secondary. And, yes, this is going to be an offensive episode. We're going to be here for a minute. So buckle in. I love it. The more 49ers, the better. Hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. But the edge position is huge, the defensive edge position. Obviously, you lost Ziggy Ansah, who was the uh, brought in to fix the injured of the backup injured of the backup injured edge, and that's where we're at. Every NFL team's dealing with injuries. The problem with the 49ers, they're stacked at all the positions. Early on, it was all the wide receivers. Now it's all the corners and all the edge players. And so there's lots of guys out there, and you know there's positions where we've had no injuries, and then we've got positions where we've just had so many. So Kyle Shanahan, you know, this is funny because this is the Tuesday press conference. Okay, I'm going to show you the clip from yesterday's press conference and then talk about what happened today. Here's the head coach on signing more edge players. I mean, that's something John and his um, group upstairs discuss all the time. Um, you know, I haven't been able to talk much about it today. Um, it is kind of hard to bring guys in, and, there, and there's not a ton out there right now. We've, we've done it, I feel, as well as we can so far. Um, and when you do bring guys in with all the COVID testing rules and stuff, I mean, I think the earliest we could get them is by Friday. Um, if they're not here today, I think it's Saturday. So um, I, I don't know if we'll be able to do this that this week. I doubt it. Um, we'll go with what we got, and uh, we'll see who's ready to go. So they actually expanded the NFL after this. It's no longer three days of negative tests. It's six days. So if they sign, let's say they sign, you know, <laughs> worth nothing John Chapman to come in and play, which I strongly advise against that. Um, but let's just say hypothetically that happened. I've got to test negative for six straight days before I can join the team. It was three. But after Tennessee Titans can't handle their stuff, uh, New England Patriots can't handle their stuff, you know, all these teams, they're threatening the NFL season because they're not handling things properly. The NFL's stepping up <laughs> their thing. Now the Raiders are getting fined for charity events and all that kind of stuff. It's a big deal. So the NFL's being extra precautious, and rightfully so, because we lose this season, billions of dollars are out the window, and our season's trash. Um, the NFL doesn't want that. So... That's fine. I don't care about that. But even if I did get signed today, it's Wednesday, I can't practice. I can't practice till next Tuesday. So now you're having to plan for these injuries two weeks out. That's problematic. So a couple different things took place today. Number one, Alex Barrett, who is our defensive lineman on our practice squad, he was promoted to the 53-man roster. So he's up there now. So that's a little bit. We got extra body in there, but also two signees. Now these are... These signees, or you're digging deep, man. Um, you're digging deep because both of these guys, they brought in a defensive tackle and a defensive end that weren't drafted, so undrafted free agents, never even made the team for anybody, um, practice squad, anything. They're just sitting out there. Um, you've got defensive tackle Josiah uh, Coatney, uh, who, guess what, 6'4", 325 out of Ole Miss. 
huge, big old body. Ole Miss, uh, the overlap happens just a little bit with DJ Jones, so maybe they know each other a little bit. He had two sacks in 2019. He's just an extra body in the middle. And then defensive end, Adam Schuler. Um, he was at West Virginia, then transferred to the University of Florida. He's a defensive end, so he's got much more likely to get up there. 6'4", 275. So you like the size. Uh, he fits what we like to do with guys that can move all over the place. Um, three and a half sacks in 2019, but he played in the SEC. So, you know, these signings just happened about an hour ago. I haven't gotten to film on either one of them yet. But again, they're backups to the backup to the backup. So if you lose another, the reason why you make these sightings now is if you have any injuries this week in week five, they're going to be elevated for the future. Uh, that, that's kind of what that looks like. But it's not good. It's bad. In fact, it's really bad. Um, now, we are getting some good news. Let's, let's focus on some good news before we jump into the offense. Drake Greenlaw was limited today. That's huge. Aziz has played really, really well. We have so many good linebackers. We have so many good linebackers. And on top of that, Quan Alexander's coming off the best performance he's had in his last 10 games, by far. Quan Alexander was great uh, week four, which we haven't been able to say in a long time. Hopefully that continues because his ceiling is bananas. Uh, Raheem Mostert, he was limited this week. I don't think that you have to rush either one of them back because, again, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson, uh, they did a pretty good job. Not a great job. There, there's no Mostert. But with his speed... You don't have to rush him back. Um, he has to get a full practice in Wednesday, uh, Thursday, or Friday, so we'll see. But you love that he's out there. So that's positive news there. Tim Harris, which I already talked about as well. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to jump over. Let, let's put some film on the screen here for the people watching on YouTube. Uh, this is the Patreon video uh, breakdown of the offense every single play. It's about an hour long that we loaded on Patreon. If you haven't joined us, please head over there, 40 Hours Rush Podcast, patreon.com. Join us there, 8 bucks a month. Every single snap, coach's tape, uh, broken down, uh, everything, <laughs> every single play, as much as you want. Now, um, let's do this. Let, let, let's pause for a sec as we got the clips rolling on there. And continue our How You Became Part of the Faithful. I love this, man. I freaking love it. And it's so interesting because, you know, you get all, all these amazing people sharing their stories about how they became part of the 49ers. And whenever you start to see times in the past relate to times now. And that's what faithful is. <laughs> every team's not having a winning season every year. That's just not – NFL has the most parity of any sports league in the United States, it's not even close. This story comes from Heavy Awesome. And again, if you want to head over to iTunes, uh, the podcast app or wherever, just go to iTunes. Just type in iTunes 49ers Rush Podcast. It'll pull up. Leave a five-star review in your story about how you got brought into the faithful. Uh, always looking to share uh, stories from you guys because it's incredible. This is from Heavy Awesome. He was born to be faithful. I love it. Being a member of the faithful is my birthright. I was born into a rabid 49ers household in the San Francisco Bay Area and during the Montana Young Rice era as a boy. Those were some awesome times. Every Sunday, my grandparents would make food and drinks. The whole family would come over. It's like a holiday event every Sunday. Lots of loud cheering and even louder swearing when things didn't go well. Luckily, it was mostly cheering back in those days. Uh, my grandpa would take me to games, signings, basically everything team-related. He was hooked um, and some of the fondest childhood memories. Um, every high and low from there 
It was just par for the course because when you love something, you stick with it. Beautiful. Since then, I've done my best to carry my fandom well. Um, living in the Los Angeles area, me as well, with my wife. Um, and you better believe I'm passing the tradition on to my kids. Go Niners. Gosh, man. And here's the thing whenever you hear these stories. You have to cultivate that kinship with your family. And if you're having a hard time getting your son or your daughter or other people to watch the game with you, take them to You can't take them to a game. Get them some memorabilia. Um, literally, uh, get them a jersey. Get them things like that. That is how they get hooked. Uh, it, it's developing traditions. It's, man, let's go put our 49ers hat on. The 49ers are playing today. Things like that. So find a way to cultivate that with your family. I know it's one of my favorite things. Uh, the kids uh, are all mandated to be 49ers fans in my house. It's important. Um, now let's cover some of these issues. All right, here we go. It's venting time. Um, it, 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 let, let's do this. All right. Let's talk about the run game. And I see this question from MK Green. He says, John, what would you suggest to fix our woes at the interior offensive line? It's bad, man. Um, you know, Lakin Tomlinson was the best that we had for two years in the interior offensive line. He was great. He's made a major step back. Um, ben Garland is now our best interior offensive lineman at center. 32 years old. He's doing great. Brunskill struggling big time. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of those things, but let's let's allow the coach to start us off, and then we'll jump in. What is going on with all of these run game issues? Um, I mean, you know, we've we've missed the the big plays, you know, since the Jets game, um, which is you know when you lose so explosives, you got to be a lot more consistent, a lot more consistent, and our consistency just has not been good. Um, you know, last night I think it was pretty obvious. Had a few um, chances, and you just you got one guy whiff, and it ends up being a negative play. Um, we're pretty aggressive in our run game by what we do, the way we try to attack people. And um, when you do that, if you're not on it, you lose yards. So uh, you can get a lot simpler and keep, make it easier to where you're trying to block it for, you know, one to two yards and just see what happens. Hope you can wear guys down over the game. Um, but we've always been pretty aggressive when you do that and you got one guy off here and there, uh, you get some negative runs. And when you don't have an explosive to counteract that, um, that's really how the results have gone the last two weeks. Yeah, and here's the thing. We kind of did have explosive plays, but the problem was we didn't run the ball enough. You know, one of the key terms or the key numbers every week, 30 rush attempts. The 49ers had 20. This game was never out of control. Now they loaded the box on every single first down. There's no doubt about that, but we keep running on first down. Throw the ball on second on first down. Run the ball on second down. That's one huge improvement that could be made. But if you look at the numbers, we rushed 20 times for 116 yards. That's 5.8 yards per carry. NFL teams would die to average 5.8 yards per carry. In a close game at home, why wouldn't we run the ball more? The game was never out of hand until that stupid pick six by Nick Mullins. And here's another issue. You're having a quarterback who's struggling, backup quarterback at that, the jet sweeps are working, even though you never went back to them after the first quarter. We didn't run one of them. The screens were working. All those things were working. Misdirection was working. We just, I don't know why, whenever Kyle Shanahan gets in a close game, he abandons the running game. When Kyle Shanahan's blowing a team out, he stays with the running game. Well, guess what? Guess why you're blowing teams out? It's because you're running the ball effectively. 
Again, 20 rushes for 116 yards, 5.8 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Now, the Brandon IU play is factored into that, but hey, I don't mind counting that as a run game play because it's such a high percentage. Just throwing a quick screen pass over, things like that. So, one, here's the deal. Teams have they figured out the outside zone. And as you watch these plays, the reason why the Eagles were somewhat successful is they over-pursued to stop the outside zone. All of the successful plays were misdirection. They were all misdirection. You get the flow going one way and you cut back. Um, you get the out, you're blocking outside zone. Here comes Debo on the end of round. Those things worked well, even just with Jarek McKinnon. You know, it's outside zone left. Well, guess what? He's going to cut back the opposite way. Those were the successful plays. Now, the offensive line, they've got to step up their game. There's no doubt about that. And Kyle Shanahan even talked about in his press conference today, a big problem is we're going for the home run every play. We're aggressive. That's who we are. We're not changing that. We're going to continue to be aggressive. Well, if you want to be aggressive, you don't run into eight-man boxes on first down predictably over and over and over again. Throw on first, run on second. That's fine. And stay with what works. Where the hell is the end around? It's working. There's You go into the fourth quarter of the film this morning whenever I was breaking it down, they're still over-pursuing. That, that was their defensive game plan. Pressure up the middle on pass plays, stop the edge on run plays. And they were able to somewhat do that. We just abandoned the run. You can't do that. Now, when the running game somewhat struggles, even though we average five yards per carry, that affects play-action game. Because that's the big, huge chunk in a Kyle Shanahan offense. And here's what he had to say about that. Um, yeah, I don't know what the analytics say, but I know what my history and experience says. I mean, everything's tied together. And when you run the ball real well, play action is a lot easier. When you run the ball real well, dropping back is a lot easier. Um, we ran the ball extremely well last year. And I think that's why it's hard to find a category in football that we weren't in the top five last year in. Um, I usually think it always starts with the run game. So when that's not going as well, I think everything goes down a little bit. Um, sometimes if you're not running the ball, it looks like you're throwing the ball better, but sometimes that's padding your stats at the end of a game and things like that. So um, I always have correlate. When you're, when you're not running the ball well, I think it's very hard to be successful. I don't think we're running it horribly, but um, we're not close to what our standard is right now, and that's got to improve for us to get better everywhere else. Now, whenever you look at the schedule and what the 49ers have coming up, guess what? The 49ers have the toughest schedule in the entire NFL for the rest of the season. Now, how do you respond to that? You know, whenever we were looking at the schedule early on, we said, look, you got to win weeks one through five. Like, you got to get victories in there. We haven't done that because of injuries, poor play calling. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan getting vanilla. First and third quarter, he's going to come out and do some fun stuff. Second and fourth quarter, Kyle Shanahan's play calls – they get boring, very, very predictable, and he relies way too much on the passing game, even when the passing game isn't working, um, even when there's tons of turnovers and quarterback hits. Here's the thing. The 49ers lead the entire NFL in quarterback hits allowed. 40, 40 quarterback hits in four weeks. That's 10 hits a game. That's stupid. Um, play calling, offensive line play, which is bad. We're about to go over grades here in a second, but... You've got to get less predictable. you got to get less predictable, which nobody would ever say about a Kyle Shanahan offense, but it's getting to that point. If the game is close, he's going to be doing empty sets. He's going to be throwing it like crazy instead of running the ball. Um, we just keep getting away from the run. you got to run it. So, we, again, we do have the toughest schedule. That's okay. Um, shoot, I want all the tough games. Bring them. I want primetime games every week. 
I want I want to beat the best every single week. That's what it is. Now we do have Miami, which it does seem like um, when we have played poorer teams, the Eagles kind of got our number. But you know, you look at the Jets, you look at the Giants game. You can take care of these opponents. You better do it. You know, everybody thought the Eagles were going to get destroyed after Mullins had that great game against the Giants. You come out three turnovers. It changes things. It's, it's what it is. So let's jump over now. Let's talk about offensive grades, snap counts, all of those things, the good, the bad, the ugly, where the pressures came from, who was giving them up. Ugh, it, it was a rough one, but we've got to understand what's going on and so that we know what to watch to see if it's getting fixed or not to see what our chances are for the postseason because I still believe this is a postseason team. The 49ers are a postseason team. You control your own destiny completely. You went out your division. You're going to win the NFC West. And it's just what it is. You got to win in your division now. Um, but, you know, you kind of take that for whatever. So here we go. Before we do that, let's talk about our rising player of the week, baby. The offensive MVP, even though they came up short, there is no doubt who this is. That's George Kittle, baby. Thank you to our sponsor for sponsoring the rising player of the week, Blue Chew. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence. And all you have to do is head over to bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And you can take it anytime, day or night, empty stomach, whatever. It's there for you. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to go to the doctor. There's no office. You don't have to go to the awkward waiting line. There's none of that. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the United States. And that helps them be even cheaper than going to a pharmacy because they ship it to you directly. So here's what you have to do. Head to bluechew.com, use promo code 49ers, like always, 49ERS, and your first is on the house. It's free. All you have to do is put up five bucks to cover shipping to get it to you. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code 49ers, to go out there and give it a shot. Thank you for your support, Blue Chew. Really do appreciate it. Head over there, bluechew.com. All right, let's, let's go through some of these grades. Um, first off, George Kittle. What he was able to do was pretty stupid. <laughs> 15 targets. Okay, that's a lot of targets. Way more than anybody should ever have in a game. 15 catches. He caught every damn one of them. 183 yards, 12 yards per reception, and a touchdown. Um, you're not going to get much better than that. And so whenever you look at and here's what's crazy. Uh, I know it's kind of, uh, you're not supposed to say this. George Kittle got a bad grade in run blocking and pass blocking. He had a subpar blocking game. Uh, now that's going to step up. There's no doubt about it. But passing-wise, he had a 92.2, uh, which for most players in their NFL career would be the highest-graded game ever from pro football focus. That's par for course. George Kittle averaged a 93 last year, <laughs> uh, but which uh, I mean, the guy is incredible. So George Kittle by far. It goes 92.2. The next highest-ranked player, Ben Garland. 78, which is above average O-line play. He played relatively well. Lakin Tomlinson had some huge misses, but also had some huge positives. You know, as we were going through film this morning, there were three or four plays where you're like, wow, look at Lakin making an incredible play and then missing a play the next time. He got third with 75.5. CJ Beathard, 73.4. And Debo Samuel, baby, 72.1. Um, those are the top five. Jarek McKinnon just outside of that. 
Now, when we're talking about these guys that played really, really well, especially Kittle, you've got to throw Brandon Ayuk in there, which he's right in the middle. The positive play was bananas. And the question just got asked to Kyle Shanahan, what's it like having George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk back together uh, for the first time, really? Because, you know, they, one of them's been injured. Kittle played week one, Ayuk didn't. Kittle didn't play week two and three. IU did. Now they're finally back together. What's that like? Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say. Um, I mean, we were all impressed with IU's touchdown. Um, re reviewing the film wasn't that much fun today. Um, everyone's a little frustrated and down. Um, we were upset by losing that game. But, um, no, I mean, IU's touchdown was extremely impressive. I mean, everyone said Jordan Reed looked like MJ when he scored, and Ayuk almost one-upped him on his, so it was a very cool play. And um, No, Kittle played his butt off. Didn't even realize that out there, um, that he had that many catches and stuff. But um, now when I think back to it, it makes sense. I mean, he got open every time we went to him and um, did a hell of a job in the game. And so, like, you have these things where – you're adding this talent on the outside. There's no doubt Ayuk's going to be a player in this league. You don't put up back-to-back -back performances. You know, you go back to week three and you look at rookie wide receivers throughout the league. You're not seeing a lot of dominant performances. C.D. Lamb's putting up some big, big-time numbers. Jerry Judy's decent. But Brandon Ayuk, guess what? He was not in the conversation for anybody pre-draft. Nobody had him up in that. He was in that second to third tier. That's where I had him as well. We were wrong, okay? Uh, Kyle Shanahan was right. He, he's missed on some wide receivers. You know, you could talk about Dante Pettis. But I think he was right about Pettis too because Pettis fit it. You remember, you go back to the last four or five games of his rookie year, Pettis was balling out. Uh, Pettis' stuff was up here. Uh, it's toughness. Now, you got that wrong. There's no doubt about that. But Brandon Ayuk has, and here's the play. If you're watching right now on YouTube, sure enough, it's what pulls up. Just stupid. <laughs> and here's the thing that stood out to me about this play. Yeah, the hurdle, that's going to get all the kids talking. But he had two people hanging on his waist in the open field and was able to just literally float through contact and allow them to absorb all the contact and bounce off. One of those is starting defensive tackle. Hits him in the waist, and he just glides away from it. So, yeah, the hurdles, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. He might I hope he doesn't do it too often. Uh, people get hurt doing that, but whatever. The thing that makes Brendan Ayuk so special is the acceleration, the athleticism, but people just bounce off his legs. He's not a big dude, but you can tell he's got some power in those thighs, man, uh, which I didn't know I was going to be talking about thigh power, but let's do it. Because, uh, again, as this play, I, I, you watch it on loop. He just glides, man. He's just like the Iceman. He just glides everywhere. And it doesn't seem like whatever's happening around him, he's just going to be fine. He's got a way of getting first downs and getting into the end zone. The first player, the first rookie wide receiver since the merger to have back-to-back -back games with a rushing touchdown in their first four games. That's it. First time ever. It's never happened. Um, so back-to-back -back weeks finding the end zone. Huge plays. Back-to-back -back weeks. You, you love it. There's so many good things there, and guess what? We just talked about two dynamic offensive playmakers. We haven't mentioned Debo Samuel. Debo only got 25 uh, snaps. That's it. Still found a way to be a part of the game plan in a positive way, but he's getting phased back in. 
And, you know, here's the thing. Kyle Shanahan was asked, you know, what what's it about the workload with Debo? Because, again, we kept saying he was going to be on a pitch count all week last week. Um, that was true. Here's what Kyle Shanahan said about Debo. Yeah, I mean, obviously we want to get him to get him to get out there more, but with the guy um, who hurt his foot um, back in the summer and hadn't been out there running enough, had to wait for a long time to do that. Um, then we had to shut him down for a little bit a few weeks ago, and it just wasn't smart to put him out there a ton. But he looked so great in practice. I mean, he looked 100%. Um, you know, we went into the game with a plan to go 20 to 30 plays, and um, somehow Wes hit miraculously 25 on the dot so he's pretty accurate with it um we would love to get more but uh, we got to be smart with that and see how the week goes with them but and so like if you look at there were 72 offensive snaps in this game which is a lot Debo got 25 I, I think you add 10 to 15 like I think you cap him at 40 no matter what next week now Debo did he we did have a chance to hear from him a little bit this week and he said you know what his foot was in fact sore right after the game but it was just soreness and he was able to work it out and he's been at every single practice this week and so that's good well I say every single practice is Wednesday kind of the first he went through a walkthrough and practice just fine fullies so you want to see him increase his snaps but still not I still don't think he's going to start this week you know it was Kendrick Bourne and Brandon Ayuk were out there for the first two series before Debo even got out there in the third series so I, I think you know, Kendrick Bourne, I, you go out series one, then Debo goes out series two. That's what I would expect. Unless you have a play designed for him, you want to get him out there real quick. Now let's talk about the negatives. Let's go to the south. Let's go bad. Uh, Nick Mullins, 26.9 grade. Probably one of the worst grades I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so far down there. <laughs> it's really, really bad. And he did make some positive plays, some good throws, but so many bad throws. Uh, Ross Dwelly, second worst rated player, only got 13 snaps. We didn't do a lot of two tight ends. We really, really didn't. Since Jordan Reed's been out, we've kind of abandoned that, and we're going with more three wide receiver sets, um, which we'll have to see what that looks like. Trent Taylor, third worst rated player. Um, he got 37 snaps, received a 49 grade. Trent Taylor has been a huge disappointment. Huge disappointment this year. Um, it, man, you... you I hate to say it, you wish Jalen Hurd was there. Um, you know, I don't know where Jawan Jennings is, where his development is. If you're just going to ride him off this whole year and just allow him to rest. But, man, we could really use some production from the slot because we're getting none. Maybe with Jimmy Garoppolo back, Trent Taylor can find his way back into the good graces of the system. But he's he's a loss out there. Kendrick Bourne, um, he's next there, had the huge drop. Uh, missed a couple key blocks, didn't get a lot of separation. He had a 55.7. Um, and then Mohamed Sanu, who we just released, he's off the team now. Um, big reason why I think they released Sanu instead of Pettis is special teams. Sanu played zero special teams. Pettis is your backup, kick returner, punt returner, all those things. And he can play every single wide receiver position, but he's just going to be a backup. Uh, I mean, you know, Dante Pettis didn't get one snap on offense this week. Um, whereas, you know, Mohamed Sanu got seven. So it, it, can you have him in there for those snaps? Sure. Richie James is coming back as well. He's starting to work out. Uh, I don't think he's going to be back this week, but I think next week he will be, but that's kind of where we're at now. Here's what's crazy as we transition over. Let's talk about, uh, pressures allowed and all that kind of stuff, man. It was bad. Uh, it was, it was super bad, uh, which is a great movie. Um, <laughs> we allowed 19 pressures. 
You don't win games. We gave up six sacks, five quarterback hits on top of the six sacks, and eight hurries, and two penalties. Both those penalties went against Trent Williams. Trent Williams gave up two sacks and another quarterback hit. One of Trent Williams' worst games ever as a pro, but if you're watching this, run blocking Trent Williams was really, really good. Um, he just struggled in pass protection. I don't know what the deal was. Um, we'll have to see how he rebounds. Now, you got Miami. Um, they've got some young guys out there rushing the passer, but I think Trent Williams is going to have his way. I really hope he does. Uh, the head coach was asked about Trent Williams uh, because Trent's been the best player on offense the first three weeks of the season, and then he had a huge letdown in week four. No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, he didn't have his best night. Uh, There's a number of good players he had to go against and a good scheme. I mean, that that D line's just like ours. They tee off and they're very aggressive on people, and we ask our O line to do the same thing. Um, so when you do that and you're off just a little bit, um, it's not the safest way to play because when you're off, they can make you look bad. And um, Trent was a little bit off um, along with everyone else out there, and um, that's the result when that happens. Um, Trent's as good and as talented of a guy as I've been around. Uh, he had a rough night. Um, I'm not worried about that going forward. I mean, it's going to happen at times, but, um, you know, Trent's in here working his butt off, doing the right things. Um, he'll get it corrected, and we'll help him do it around him too. And, man, you look at the left tackle is bad. You look at the right tackle is worse, Mike McGlinchey. Uh, he did not – he only gave up one quarterback hit um, on the huge interception play, but no sacks. Uh, he did allow a three pressures. And Mike McGlinchey's taking a step back. There's no doubt about that. Things are not okay uh, on the offensive line. Things are not okay. They're very, very bad, in fact. Right now, I think your top two starters, you've got Trent Williams and Ben Garland. Now, here's the deal. Brunskill, who we know is a great tackle, he's been asked to play guard and center, two positions he's never played. It's not working. It's not working at all. Um, you've got to move away from there. It's you got to. And maybe once Western Richburg returns, uh, then you could do that. Uh, but here's the question on where is Western Richburg and what's going on with Daniel Brunskill? Um, I am hoping Richburg can get back. I mean, there has been any setbacks. So, I mean, I haven't got that, gone out there and evaluated them, but I'm still planning on coming back around that time. Um, and as far as Brunskill and the whole line, I mean, um, kind of the same thing with how everyone's been doing. You know, I think he's done a solid job. He got a lot of playing time last year at tackle and some guard. Um, but I think just as a whole, we need to be crisper, need to be more on it. I know he did a lot of center throughout training camp and got most of his reps there. And now he's getting more at guard. But, um, you know, he's been good. Uh, I think the more we play, the more we keep going, as long as we can all stay healthy, I think the whole line will get better, and um, Dan included. Yeah, it, once things get a little bit more normal, hopefully Jimmy G can provide some normalcy. Um, th hopefully it improves. Once we get a little bit more consistent running back play, you know, it, with Jarek McKinnon, he's been great. He's been incredible. But he doesn't really fit the running scheme that we want, right? We want him in the third down. He's amazing in pass pro. He's amazing in reception. But he's much more shifty back there. That's not what we're designed to do. Um, we want to hit them in the mouth running or release Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield. So there are some ways that, you know, cohesiveness can increase for sure. But, man, if Richburg, who's on PUP, right, if he is able to come back week seven, you put him at center if he's healthy and you move Garland to, to guard. 
Um, I think that's what you got to do. I love Brunskill, but, man, it was just too much of a transition. And because we had so many injuries, he didn't get to work at guard. Uh, there's some major technique issues. Uh, he cannot keep his shoulders parallel. And so once he gets on a block, a pass blocking, he turns his shoulders and his hips way too often, and then a stunt will come back over and replace where he just vacated. Um, both the sacks he gave up uh, were on huge uh, stunts, and he just he didn't pass it off right. That's a practice thing. That's an experience thing. And he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. Um, you know, I, I love Daniel Brunskill. He was the saving grace last year. Um, he, he needs more time to cultivate a card. Unfortunately, we don't have anybody else. Colton McKivitt's rookies look bad. Um, Richburg's not coming back till week seven. So he better get it straight because we don't have anybody else. <laughs> it's just all we got. It's all we got there. Um, but anyway, I think that kind of helps us just diagnose where the offense is and where the problems are. It's O-line. It's quarterback play. That's it. Wide receivers are good. Uh, running backs are good. It's just it's O-line and it's quarterback play. And the funny thing is they both rise. You know, you can talk about on defense, well, what makes the defense great? Is the secondary doing a hell of a job or is it the pass rush? Well, when the pass rush is great, secondary looks amazing and vice versa. Same thing with quarterback play and offensive line. You know, Dwayne Haskins looks like his career's going the Josh Rosen route so fast. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is good, but he sure as hell doesn't have a good offensive line. And so now they're switching quarterbacks there and – you're feeding them to the wolves, man. You got to protect the quarterback. If you're getting hit 40 times in four weeks, there's a reason why our damn quarterbacks hurt. Because you're not protecting them. Uh, you got to fix it. You got to fix it. Um, all right, let's move on to our second sponsor of the week, my bookie, baby. Baby. <laughs> Unless you've been living under a rock, you know the NFL and the NBA, they're back. They're in full swing, which can only mean one thing. It's a winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting whenever I'm putting my money on it. And if you've been betting with us, we've been doing very, very well so far this year. So stick with us. Bet on it. Use all the knowledge that we have. And let's be successful. And here's the deal. Right now... They have $100,000, you heard me, $100,000 super contest for only $10 entry. 10 bucks. You can win all that money. They're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You would be crazy not to jump in there with all your knowledge. $10 to win thousands, sign me up. You too can make up and sign up at my bookie. And here's the deal. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means... You put in $100, they're going to give you $100. Rollovers will be included in that, and if you have questions, please call their customer service. They'll help you with that. But the NFL, NBA, MLB, they've got it all on tap. It's never too late to get started, and if you've wanted to jump in with us, now's the best time. Head to mybookie.ag, promo code 49ers, and they're going to double your initial deposit. Thanks for the support, MyBookie. All right, let's jump into some questions. Uh, seeing some good stuff on here from Sergio, the man. Um, he says, John, uh, you see us letting go of D Ford and Quan Alexander during the offseason. So let's deal with these independently of each other. Um, I've been pretty harsh on D Ford. I don't think he's ever going to play again. Um, I don't think he's ever going to play again for the 49ers. I don't think he's going to play again this season. I don't think he ever plays again, period. So D Ford, I 100% convinced, is done. Um, back deck stuff, it's bad. 
I mean, they've kind of basically said, take a month, see if you can get better, and we'll deal with it then. But they're basically just saying, like, it's over. D Ford's done. Okay, so no, I, I do see D Ford. He's going to be gone. Uh, by us letting him go or by him letting himself go. Now, Quan Alexander is playing for a job. I, I feel much more optimistic. He played great this week. You know, I already mentioned Quan's playing great. Now, Quan's ceiling's incredibly high with how athletic he is. And whenever you look at the NFL and what they're transitioning to with all these speed backs and scat backs and whatever else, Quan's made for the NFL. That contract sucks. Okay. Um, now, if Drake Greenlaw can continue to prove that he can be better than Quan, which I think he has through his, you know, the season so far, and stay healthy, then who knows? Um, you might be able to get a lot of that money back. You can't trade a contract like that. Nobody will take that on. It just doesn't exist in the NFL, especially whenever you look at the 2021 season. It's going to be a lowered cap. Uh, so this year's cap's right at $200 million. Next year's projected to be about 175. So that's $25 million drop. Now, the 49ers are okay, <laughs> but not great. So we'll have to see. Uh, D Ford's gone. Uh, Quan Alexander, I, I, I'd probably say 60% we keep him. Uh, Kyle Shanahan seems to love him more than anybody. Uh, take that for what you will. Oh, what's up? Eat, sleep, fantasy, baby. Uh, I see Dell's in here. He, he's the positive mentor uh, that I've always wanted. He says, at John, you look like a Mr. Potato Head with headphones. That is correct. I am Irish. You are what you eat. Uh, and I'll take that as a compliment. I love potatoes. Um, and that's okay. I have thick skin, as you can see with your eyes. Uh, for Casey, uh, John, would you drop Sanu? Uh, yeah, I, I don't like that we dropped Sanu over Pettis. But I get it because of special teams. I, I totally understand. But no, I wouldn't. I don't want Pettis on the field, personally. Um, I, I don't trust him. And so I think you... It, it's the law of sunken costs. You, you, at some point, you've got to realize we missed. We missed. We traded a second and third rounder to jump up and get this guy, and we missed. It, it's what it is. Um, you move on. But I get it. Just be, if, if Richie James was back and completely healthy right now, I think we would have saw a different decision. But he's not. Um, he's still a week out. So I, I, think, I, I think that's what it is. Oh, man. I love this. Uh, from Crap Strategies Live. I missed the <laughs> countdown crew. Come on, man. And I've got an extra gift. Um, we did the jersey, but I'm going to be giving away another gift to the countdown crew here in about a week. Uh, a mid-month giveaway. Why not? Um, let's give some stuff away. Let's make somebody else happy out there. From James MCD. Top three problems. Number one, defensive backs. Number two, right, right tackle, right guard. Number three, defensive end. Man, I put quarterback one. But I think that's about to be solved. But then I, I'm with you. The offensive line's bad. Um, my order would be uh, I'd go quarterback, defensive ends, nickel corner, then right guard. Um, I think I did one more. But I think Mike McGlinchey, I don't think that he's great. The problem is the 49ers have had some of the best guard play in the NFL for decades. We had Joe Staley, who was incredible. Then we had Trent Brown, who was great but didn't fit Shanahan's scheme, so we trade him. Then we get Mike McGlinchey, who was great his rookie year. Um, but I think he's just he's turning into an average right tackle. He's average. If we cut Mike McGlinchey tomorrow, 31 teams would put in a waiver claim for him. Um, but, yeah, he's been bad. He hasn't been great. Um, it, it, it's what it is. It, it's 
Uh, Casey, the audio is so much better now. I appreciate that. It took a lot of effort. Um, I love it. Uh, so I'm so glad that that is uh, coming through. And again, if you guys have other complaints besides my face, Dale, uh, I can't fix that yet. I do live in L.A., but I don't have the money to fix it, and I kind of like my face. Uh, but other than that, if there's other things you guys want corrected, uh, please let me know. David, um, do you agree that Shanahan scripts his drives, and when a play is screwed up, it hurts how effective the next play is? 100%. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's a great scripter of plays. Once he gets flustered, he just goes to his past tendencies, which I hate. Um, I hate. I, I can't stand that at all. Um, again, Kyle Shanahan's play calling has been vanilla as hell in the third and fourth quarters. You got to shake it up. Do some of those end rounds. I don't understand why we just uh, we do it right off the bat. It works, 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 and then we just get rid of it. Um, just get rid of it. Uh, I'm nobody you need to know asks this. Hey, John, did you know that Kyle, uh, George Kittle is the first tight end in NFL history to record 15 catches for over 175 yards in a game? Get get ready. Whatever the tight end history book has been in the NFL, and we've had some amazing receiving tight ends. It doesn't matter. George Kittle, before he's all said and done, is going to erase them all. All of them. All of them. The kid is too good. There's nobody that has the mentality that he has, the drive that he has, and the consistency. The guys, he's not going anywhere, man. Um George Kittle's going to destroy every record ever. There, there's, and if he stays on this pace, which that's the question, right? Now, the funny thing is he missed. He had an injury last year. He had an injury this year already. He plays so violent, but he's still able to produce at just an incredible level. Um, it, it's what it is. It, it, it's impressive. From Scott, uh, do you have more respect for number 27 knowing that he stayed in the game, banged up, and toughed it out? So let me say this, Scott. I have so much respect for him. I just don't think he's a good football player. Yeah, I have respect for him. Um, I, I've not heard one negative thing about Dante Johnson as a person, as a human, as a teammate. Um, I've even talked to a couple of players that said that they think he's going to be a coach in the league. And I, I root for the guy. I root for him every single time he steps out there. Um, I just know he's a bad football player. That's all I know. Um, but yeah, tough as hell. That's awesome. There was nobody else. I put that on the coaching staff for forcing him in a bad position. You could have called up a player last week. Um, but you kind of take that for what you want. Um, I love Tim Harris. Zach asked me, uh, what, what's your opinion on Tim Harris? I want to see him out there so bad. I loved his film. Super raw. But now he's had a year and a half uh, <laughs> learning the scheme. Get him out there. Get him out there. Um, I, I'm excited for him. We Let's see what we got. If we don't have it, he's better than 2-7. The question is health. Is he healthy? Um, that's the question. From Joey, he says, fact is 2-2 two and two after the first quarter isn't terrible considering all the injuries to all the key players. Yeah, Sherman, Moster, Jimmy, Bosa, Debo, Goldman. Um, and you can keep going. Uh, is there time to, it, yeah, do not panic. I agree with you completely. It's not time to panic. You're fine. You're 2-2 two and two, and you're the most injury-riddled team in the NFL. You down 12 starters from a Super Bowl roster. You're fine. You you won 50% of the game. Imagine being the Jets. Imagine being the Giants. Look at the freaking Houston Texans who have no first-round picks for the next two years. They have the worst cap situation ever, and they just went 0-4. We're way better than so many teams. I still think we're making the playoffs. I really, really do. 
Um, yeah, we're not even close to reaching what we are. And once we do get back, once we get Sherman back, once we get Richburg back, if he does come back, once we get our tight end back, good Lord, our backup tight end. But Jordan Reed, we saw how great he looked. This team is going to be great. It is. It's going to be great. From Brandon Paris, this will be the last question here. He says, John, just want to say I love the show. Thank you so much. Been listening for over a little of a, over a year now. It's so fun. Love getting the updates on the show. Keep up the good-ass work. Man, Brandon, I appreciate the words. Uh, we all need a little bit of encouragement from time to time, including myself. Uh, so I do really appreciate it. And, you know, I've said this twice, but I'm trying to hammer this home. If you have any honest critiques of the show, let me know. I wanted to improve what we have here. I love the 49ers rush community. I love the countdown crew. I love talking football with you guys Four podcasts a week, two Patreon breakdowns a week. That's a lot of time. Uh, we spend together every week. It's awesome. Uh, so let's make it the best. Uh, that's what that's what we're here for. So thank you guys for all the continued support. And man, be positive. Positive things are ahead. Positive things are ahead. Tomorrow we're going to step back on the opposite side of the field, focusing on the defense. We're going to have some new updates from Kyle Shanahan and the crew as well. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week because we're at, we're we're it's a pivotal point. I don't think it's panic time. But if you get these things righted now, you get back in the win column with the 3-2 and two record, things are looking good. Thank you, guys. And as always, stay strong, faithful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.